Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here... Please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Carlin Bezik is a tremendously gifted songwriter, guitarist, singer, and multi-instrumentalist based in Toronto, Ontario. A touring and full-time member of bands like U.S. Girls, Darlene Shrug, and Ice Cream, Bezik has been venturing out on her own in recent years with a solo project called Jane Inc., who released their debut record, Number One, in the spring of 2021. Jane Inc. has returned with a wonderful second album called Faster Than I Can Take, which arrives into this world on April 22nd, 2022, via Telephone Explosion Records. Carlin and I had another good talk for this show recently, this time about things like 
living with a comedian in Toronto, recovering from COVID-19, and loving funny television. Where the songs and sounds of Faster Than I Can Take may have come from, how much she misses people, even when they're strangers. Wanting to have children and dealing with pandemic grief, dehumanization and synthesized music, wondering what the future might bring for performers of any stripe, future plans for Jane Inc., and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff will happily help you source special orders for hard-to-find titles or just order things like Faster Than I Can Take by Jane Inc. You never know. You can learn more about them at blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 681 of Creative Control, featuring the incredible and talented Carlin Bezik of Jane Inc. with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Carlin. How's it going? Hi, Vish. It's going well. <laughs> nice to see you. Where in the world are you today? I am in Toronto in my basement. <laughs> nice. Nice. Is that your... Do you own a home in Toronto? That's a nice looking basement. Yeah. It's... Yeah. We're we're in yeah a basement here. <laughs> I mean, we have a house above it as well. Congratulations. Like a house in Toronto. That's not... Not everybody's got that. That's great. I, I'm just happy for you. That's great. Yeah. Well, my partner is in tv and film so that's oh got a yeah little, you know got a, you know mark you've probably yeah, met mark i have little. met mark yes. little the comedian yes yes i i know of mark mostly do we know each other have we met i feel badly this happens to me sometimes i'm like well no that's okay because he was like also like i i was like i feel like vish maybe interviewed you or something and he was like i don't know i feel like i know him but i have no idea as well so don't worry <laughs> there's comedy i'm involved to some small extent in canadian comedy in that i talk to people and i go to th- i used to go to things when you could do that right so maybe we've crossed paths but uh very funny as i recall congratulations on all of that you got a house you got a comedian partner everything's going well yeah. for you <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, all that stuff is amazing. Yeah. Well, it's nice to speak with you again. It's been a few years since you were last on the show with uh, Ice Cream, I want to say. Was that the last time? Yeah. Yeah. You were you were you on How did I do the Darlene Shrug interview? You weren't on that. It was uh Oh, wait. Oh no, I think that was just Max and Simone maybe. Yeah, it was yeah, Max and Simone in this weird studio thing I used to be able to use in Toronto and honestly the rest of you couldn't have fit in there. It was like a closet. So, uh, no, that was right. Yeah, that was nice. So, uh, anyway, yeah, it's nice to have you back on the, uh, show. I, I usually ask people for a little bit of a state of the union about the city they're in. Uh, what's your day like in Toronto so far? What's it shaping up to be? Well, it started pretty late for me, so I haven't had much of a day so far. It's been eating breakfast and reading too much Twitter and 
hanging out, doing a bit of cleaning. That's pretty much it. Isn't it like two in the afternoon there? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I woke up at 11.30 p.m. today, so... You know, it was a long, leisurely breakfast, and did you say eleven thirty? You said eleven thirty p.m. Have you been? Are you a vampire? I mean, I'm sorry. A, no, no, no. A.M. A.M. <laughs> no, the I, other one. I, I have the same. My it's for us. It's spring break for the children, and mm. I realized on Monday. I'm like, why do I need to set the alarm? Like, I work from home at a job, and I should be up and at them. And I am. I get up whatever time my body's like. It's seven. You should be awake now, uh, even if I go to bed at two because I was watching. Uh, what was I watching last night? Mr. Show. I decided to just mm. watch. I'm in a 90s mode. I don't know if you know that comedy. Do you know you ever see Mr. Show with Bob and David? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it, but there are a couple that the one with the soldier falling into the shell full of thimbles. I, yeah. I think about that a lot. Actually. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been watching it. I'm reading uh, Bob Odenkirk's uh, memoir book thing. So I got in the zone. He whole section on Mr. Show. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, uh, just to kill time at the end of the day, I watch comedy now. Are you, do you have to watch comedy to lighten up these days or how are you keeping sane in this time? Yeah, yeah. For I mean, I like to watch comedy no matter what. But yeah, I, I actually have been watching The Simpsons a lot more. Like, I mean, The Simpsons, like, I grew up watching The Simpsons. So I feel like they're like, I'm like 50% Simpsons as like a human. But um, especially when I got COVID over Christmas. Oh, no. That was like a... Like like the comfort show. Simpsons is always the show that makes me feel like it's yeah, that's the comfort show. <laughs> I grew up watching The Simpsons. I used to love The Simpsons. I do I have not watched it regularly. My children have rediscovered The Simpsons, uh, or or rather, sorry, discovered The Simpsons. So there, I'm every once in a while rewatching it with them and the old seasons, and it's really good. Uh, so there's two things I forgot to ask you about. Well, I'm going to ask you about the COVID in a second because I, I haven't talked to anyone who's really had it, I don't think. Maybe I have. I can't remember. Mm. We don't have to get into it too much, but just out of curiosity, human curiosity, it's what everyone's talking about, right? So might as well ask you some mm-hmm. questions. But what I forgot to ask you or what I forgot to finish my thought about is, yeah, I just stopped setting the alarm. So I just wake up whenever, and I'm also behind schedule today because I made everyone mm-hmm. breakfast sandwiches, and it was like 9.30, and normally everyone's out the door by 8.40. Uh, no, sorry, eight. we're gone. We're done. Everyone's out of the house by like 8.10. Uh, wow. And, and uh, so very leisurely, like every day is Saturday. That's all I wanted to say about that, just to finish that thought. Uh, so I'm with you. Time, does it, does, time doesn't matter right now, does it? Time doesn't matter. Do you have like a day job you have to get to? Not right now, and... The day jobs that I've been doing for like the past while are usually bartending or serving. So it's late anyways, right. which is why I'm kind of like always, I mean, even when I try my hardest, like the earliest I'm getting up is like 930. That's when I feel like, wow, I've really done it <laughs> is when I'm waking up at 930. But usually it's later than that. And also Mark is always doing, he's doing a lot of shows. So like yeah. he ends up kind of staying out late. We're just, we're, we're late. Night, night, night. You're bohemians. <laughs> You're bohemian artists. Yes. And you yes. just sleep whenever you want to sleep. No, it's true. I, I get it. Uh, sorry. I don't, I, don't, you, I don't mean to pry. I'm sorry you had COVID. Uh, what was the experience like? Uh, what can you tell us about it? It was pretty chill. Like, I got it right before boosters were a thing. So I don't know if that would have made much of a difference. Like, it was, ne- it was just kind of a bad cold. I did lose my sense of smell, which was freaky, mm. but it came back kind of like, like it basically lasted the full, I think at that time you were supposed to quarantine for 10 days and it kind of lasted like the full 10 days. And it did a thing where I was 
feeling sort of sick and then I started to feel better and then I started to feel worse for two days and then I felt and then it was over okay so census that but, would freak me out I I yeah uh, how what did you do to calm yourself just tell me because if I get it and that happens to me I'm gonna need something I need some resources here well you know it was interesting I feel like when I actually got it and it never felt that bad. I, I felt less anxiety than I do when I'm worried about getting yeah, it, you know, because it was yeah. like just so like definite. And I was like, OK, there's nothing I can do now. It feels mild. I'm going to get through this and then I'm going to be like immune for a while, which I guess is cool. But I mean, there were definitely a few days where like I'd wake up and be like, uh, can I not breathe? Uh, I feel like I can't breathe. But then I'd right. like, you know, go for a walk. I'd be totally fine. Panic. I think it was all, yeah. I was always. Yeah, it was just anxiety. Yeah. Which I have, yeah. so that's why I'm I'm dreading uh, having to deal with it if I have to deal with it. But yeah, people are getting it multiple times too. It's really it's and and mm-hmm. this long COVID stuff is really becoming front of mind now. People are really starting to be like, because you enter the risk mm-hmm. pool for it. I don't want to freak you out any further, but like it's mm-hmm. does it has it stopped you from doing anything? Like I, you're a musician, you have to play shows. Uh, I've only been to one. Sh- I went to one outdoor show in twenty. 21 and then i did go see godspeed here indoors but they put me and their guests in like a cordoned off area and we all wore masks where the band was wearing masks Mm -hmm. i was wearing masks anyway but it makes me like i actually somebody who's very prominent uh is coming through here and they reached out to me and said hey do you want to come to the show i can put you on plus four plus four (laughs) i've never been offered a plus four what does that even mean (laughs) For each of my personalities, I was like, what are you talking about? But then he's like, yeah, ticket sales are just, everything's so slow that they're just trying to pack the pack mm, rooms. Anyway, is it cha- has it altered your perception of uh, anything you're doing? Or are you just like, well, I got it. I know what it's like now. So carry on. I'm just going to be normal again. Yeah. I mean, it's like interesting that you're asking that because it's really been front of mind for me, partially because like, you know, Mark wants to keep doing shows and and is continuing to do shows where he has to be like maskless and he's kind of feeling like we had it where I mean I think we're past the like three month period where like we're they're like people don't get it within three months we're just past that but it's like we're still maybe technically in like a super immune window so he's kind of like you know this is the time to be hanging out and doing stuff and I'm still feeling very much like well it still feels uncertain I'm supposed to DJ tonight I was I was like polling other friends who had COVID. I'm like, how do you feel? Like, is it because we're technically in like a wave in Toronto? I'm like, does it do you feel weird going out? Is it stupid to go out? I had it. I'm kind of in the best position to be going out. Like, I don't know. Everyone's trying to rationalize stuff. That's what I'm hearing in what you're saying. And I'm not disparaging it. It's just I don't know what it's it's I'm just lucky vocationally. I miss shows. I miss I think you know this about me, Carlin. I like to go to shows. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think you know that I used to go to lots of shows and uh, and I just haven't done it and I've because of the circumstance and somehow I've accepted that but it is interesting everyone tries to rationalize doing the normal stuff when from what I can tell like this is just the, because we can't behave in a way consistently because the politicians want us to stop behaving that way we just it's just going to keep happening like this the waves and the whatnot yeah. so it's all it's all bonkers. None of it makes sense and I feel like I'm my anxiety also gets uh triggered by that when you feel like it's like you're being lied to by yes. the people who are supposed to be taking care of you. 
And they've stopped reporting on everything. Like that to me is yeah. the ultimate. They just don't, they don't want to tell us. And you, I've read the, it's all politics, like literally, like there's elections coming up. So they've lifted everything thinking that's going to assuage one part of their voter base. But the one, uh, anyway, this is not it's the point of our call. I didn't mean to doubt. Well, I mean, it does, it does relate to the album. I will say yeah. like all this talk about anxiety and stuff. It does, you know, so. <laughs> well, and yeah, I'm blown away by the lyricism on it and on the record. Congratulations. Uh, uh, and we're obviously going to talk about Jane Inc. because to me, this new record surprised me uh, in relation to the previous one. Uh, it is, mm. I think, more dynamic uh, music- musically and stylistically. Uh, but that's just my opinion. That's just one man's opinion. I want to get your take <laughs> on, uh, for those who don't know, I want to find out a bit about the origin of this project, if you will, uh, who's involved, if it's not just you. Also, uh, yeah, like I say, the trajectory thus far to me already is very fascinating. Uh, you know, my I was playing it the other day for my uh, in the house as I tend to do. I play music in the house that I uh, want to listen to, and I'm preparing for interviews for. And my wife's like, "You're interviewing this person? Well, he's a little bit out of my comfort zone. Maybe I don't know what she's getting at there. It seemed like a low blow. Like this isn't music you normally like or listen to or, or something. I don't know what she's getting. I'm like, what do you mean? And then she listened to it more, and she's like, oh. Okay, I see it now. I don't even know what that means about us. So I got to talk to my wife about that. I don't know what that means. I like lots of different things. But anyway, I've gone on and on. Let's start with Jane Inc. What is it exactly, Carlin? Who's involved beyond yourself? And uh, and where did it come from, so to speak? Because like I said, you were last on the show to talk about ice cream. I mentioned Darlene Shrug. You've been in other things. Where did Jane Inc. come from in your, you know, milieu of uh, of projects and bands i guess it initially just came from years of having all these songs and demos that i had written that didn't feel like they were ice cream songs but i still felt like they were interesting or good or, and i wanted them to be out in the world so i guess trying to create like a project that fit those things that weren't ice cream you know i mean i mean i guess it's more maybe also songs that are a bit more like personal or specific to just me or songs that didn't fit the kind of like conceptual idea of ice cream not that there was really like a stated one but kind of the vibe of ice cream if that makes sense and so jane inc is basically just me but i enlist other people to like be on the record this new one on faster than i can take I have Dorothea Poss doing backup vocals, and then I have Evan Cartwright doing um, any of the live drums. The program drums are me, but he's doing the like live percussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I saw actually uh, for Long Winter TV this remarkable video you made. It's primarily you and Dorothea. Uh, I believe it's for the song 221. How do you say that song? I want to say 21. I I say I say two one two zero because that's what we say in the song. But yeah, you can really say whatever you want. (laughs) Well, it looks like it looks like a year, but if you listen to the song, it's not really. It doesn't come. You're not saying twenty one twenty or two thousand one hundred and twenty. However, people say, you know, I say everyone says things differently now. 
Like when we were in the, were you, but you were born in the 19th or in the rather in the 20th century, right? <laughs> I was, yes. When, we, when you'd say like, uh, hey, the year is 1997. You wouldn't say it's 1997. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's like, I say 2022. People are like, it's 2022. That seems long. Sorry, is this a, this is a dumb, <laughs> I just want to make sure because you named a song 2120, but it, you're saying 212. To, uh, anyway, sorry. My if, point I, is, if I said if I said the year twenty one twenty, I would say twenty one twenty. I wouldn't say two thousand one hundred twenty. But, but am I crazy? Aren't people saying two thousand and twenty two? Like that's how people talk. Some of them. I don't. Maybe, I, yeah, maybe because we're coming out of the 2000s still, or it feels like that. You know, two thousand seems so novel still. Twenty two years I guess later. So. Yeah. Do you think they? Do you think people in the 20th century said, well, it's 1907? I guess they might have, but I think I would think everyone would have just said 1907. They probably anyway. said, like, uh, 1907. 1907. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> no one is like, it's 1907. What year is it? Like, no one's saying that. So I just feel like, anyway, my point is, what was my point? <laughs> yes, that video is great. It was, it was one of the best things. As, so for those who don't know, Long Winter TV is a thing. Uh, I think people who listen to the show know I'm involved with the Long Winter Festival and I do a a long night talk show there and they got me to host like this virtual version of Long Winter and basically I was setting up uh, recorded clips and there's a really great one of uh, of Jane Inc. featuring Dorothea Paz doing the song is that is that video isolated or do people is just part of the Long Winter TV thing? I'm, as far as I know, just part of the long winter TV thing. Okay. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. can find that on YouTube. I urge, I think it's episode three of the 10th season of long winter TV. Maybe I'll, I'll hyperlink to it or something. Were you happy with that? How it turned out? Um, yes. I mean, yes. I, I think they did a really, really good job filming it and editing it. But um, it's I, I felt like I had to defer to Dorothea who said it was good and the performances were good because I have a really hard time watching myself and like that that specific one I like watched it and I started to like spiral a bit being like oh no I gotta like get so much better at this and I need to take singing lessons and why did I do my hair like that like you know like just like every little thing I was just like ah well but I'm glad I'm glad you said it was good that also makes me feel better I'm gonna. I, I kind of also just tried to just like shut down that part of my brain. Was like, nope. People are saying it's good. Don't think about it. Oh, and that, I mean, it's the com- it, to me, it's the combination of the performance and the song. That song just gets in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the I thought it was visually quite stunning. So I hope, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. Let me just say that uh, before Thanks. we go too much further, though, Jane Inc. sounds like some sort of company. And I mm-hmm. I'm loath to ask people what their band names mean, but that seems is that. Is that a reference to something? Where did that come from? Ink is kind of a reference to like a lot of dance, you know, dancey kind of artists like Lip Sync and Love Ink. And, you know, it's like I, I like how it conjures that kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. And Jane is my middle name. Oh, okay. So I liked how it was like both my middle name, like a part of me, and then also like Jane Doe, like this sort of like blank kind of a name. And... I guess the idea was like, I, I sometimes like to go into recording and writing thinking that I'm like my own little company. Like when I'm playing the bass, I'm like enlisting some other part of myself. When I'm like, you know, doing vocals, I'm enlisting some other part of myself. Yeah. It like helps as like kind of like a mind trick, but I also don't do that across every single recording. But that was kind of the like an initial idea, like 
vaguely dehumanizing yourself somehow, but also there's a person involved. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's interesting that you say that because I kind of feel like a lot of things I've made over like my adult life have kind of like dealt with that feeling both like dehumanized but also like very humanized and the tension between that and wanting to be humanized and feeling dehumanized or wanting to feel dehumanized because you can't stand feeling like a human you know what i mean i do know <laughs> i do know what you mean but I, can you expand upon that why, why do you think that's a recurring notion within you uh that that split if you will i mean if yeah like if i'm being very honest like i feel like i've spent a large part of my life not just really feeling like a full person because of social anxiety and us and like shame and weird like built up ideas about myself I guess like going into situations with other people sort of being very ready to be whatever I think they want me to be or need me to be and not really being my full self yeah kind of like spending a lot of life feeling like I was like a person who was just like you know experiencing things but not really like pressing up against that experience does that make sense (laughs) well it does make sense to me in terms of what you're saying now but it also reminds me that you have a song on your new record called a human being is it called or is it called human being Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and when i listen to what you're saying it makes me assume that you're remembering or longing for the times when we could gather uh on some Mm -hmm. on one hand but just to articulate that in such a way that you need other humans around you to feel human, that's fascinating to me in itself because it it just suggests a need for collective experience. Am I on the right track with that? Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, That I mean, that song was written as like an an ode to an audience that I missed or also an ode to just like crowds and like people I didn't know and yeah. being anonymous and also like leaning into the performative self and especially like the performative like feminine self so like yeah. you know spending like a year in sweatpants at home with like a person who knows me really really well and kind of yearning for putting on an outfit and putting on makeup and being out amongst the world and kind of like leaning into that part of my identity so there's that and i also but i, I think you're right like it's like I think a lot about like performance in general and like why I want to do it and what am I getting out of it and why do I want to do it when also it like terrifies me but then I do it anyways and it makes me feel like really good when I do do it and I think it's connected to that feeling that like lifelong feeling of not like fully feeling like a person or not knowing who I was like outside of what other people thought of me or well, the, the yeah. expression that people use uh, a lot these days is I feel seen but that's usually on Twitter mm. they say I feel seen when they when uh, someone captures something about the zeitgeist if you will that relates directly to them and they say I feel seen it's usually a joke mm-hmm. but you're, in that mm-hmm. song in particular you talk about the voyeuristic aspect of being in a public space but there's voyeurism uh, and mm-hmm. being noticed is being seen is 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 like an acknowledgement of existence. So I think I can only assume uh, this is a, a song that was written uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. Given given our is that the case for most of these songs? Yes, 
Yeah, I think all of them. Fostered yeah. fostered by isolation, pandemic, human confusion type things. Yeah. Yeah. So the other part of this that's fascinating to me in terms of the Jane Inc. trajectory and ice cream uh, as well is that you, uh, we established this the last time you were on the show, you're a shit hot guitar player and musician. So <laughs> we nice. all, I, I was telling that to my wife the other day. I was, she was like, She's really liking the record, by the way. I didn't mean to uh, cast any aspersions. She liked it. She just was surprised that I would be talking to someone more. Maybe it was the pop orientation of it. I do tend mm. to talk to people who are a little scrappier. But mm. um, I was like, well, if you listen to it, it's pretty Prince-like. And she's like, oh, yeah, right. This is." And we talked about Prince the last time you were on, right? Prince mm-hmm. is clearly an influence. Yeah. 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 Another person who has brought what is normally seen as a very human instrument, the electric guitar, uh, mm. into the world of synthesis and beats and electronics. And so mm. so as someone who's trying to assert their humanity, you have, mo- in the last few years, I would say, with Ice Cream and at least the last Jane Inc. record, which was called Number One, I believe. Is mm-hmm. that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. I'm just spitballing yeah. here. Sorry. I try not to have, <laughs> try not to have too many notes because I find them distracting. But my point is this. You have been engaged in sort of this cyborg uh, musical existence and I wonder if you're reacting to that as much because uh, with this record because there are the full-blown electronic musical expressions but then you're getting into uh, I don't know chamber folk or bossa nova like I'm hearing different sort mm-hmm. of styles we associate with guitar uh, particularly more organic uh, less synthesized sounds and my question, if I have one, after saying all these things, is <laughs> is this purposeful, do you think, with this record, to sort of find your humanity uh, within all the synthesis you've been exploring? That's a really interesting question. Good, because I, I, I didn't know where I was going with all that. I have nothing. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think you're onto something. I feel, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Okay. I feel like I it was not purposeful necessarily not really like in in that exact way or in those exact terms like I I think I wanted I knew I wanted this record to be more vulnerable and this record is also very hand in hand with like having gone through years of therapy and also that therapy like kind of going on like hyperdrive in the pandemic like because also the emotions felt bigger and I was like kind of dealing with anxiety that I feel like I dealt with the majority of my life but like with less coping mechanisms in the pandemic so like it's definitely the record itself is a product of understanding myself better knowing myself better being more comfortable in myself more confident in myself so I mean I really I really I'll always love the sort of like cold synthesis like anything i love the sound of drum machines i am like very drawn to that kind of a vibe generally because also i feel like that mixed with like more human sounds or like human feelings and emotions and it feels very just like a good reflection of like modern life to me like feeling like a number or a cog but also feeling like you know a human being, which we all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, fair enough. But yeah, I think I think I also have sometimes maybe like leaned on that style because 
I wasn't confident, confident enough to just like play songs, you know, like I was like very interested in style and like piling things up on top of each other because I never felt like the songs were like, or I don't know, you know, I didn't want to be vulnerable, I guess. So I feel like it's like, I wasn't trying to like show humanness more. It was more, I was just like not less concerned about not showing it. (laughs) Does that make sense? Well, that's, but yes, it does make sense. But the paradox is that's a very human thing to do, uh, Mm. to care and not care. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to articulate that Mm, as as well. Because I can hear you. There's a song called An Ordinary Thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, it reminds me of the artist Christine Fellows and her approach to music. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Christine. I'm not. Christine's from Winnipeg, uh, often uh, collaborates with her husband, John K. Sampson, who was in The Weaker Thans and is a Mm. remarkable, remarkable artist, uh, been going a long time. And um, she operates in the realm of what we would call sort of whatever, chamber pop, chamber folk, very, uh, very inventive. Anyway, just for your reference, like this is a case where I didn't want to be like, clearly you love Christine Fellows for you to be like, I don't know who that is. If you feel like it, look her up. I feel like you might find find some kinship there. It's a, it's a, also to do with your singing style, which is, would you, would you say on an, an ordinary thing, you're singing a little differently maybe than we've heard before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there's, but there's something about that, that idea of, I need to, I need to tell you about an ordinary thing. I'm miss, I'm paraphrasing the lyrics. I actually have them up. I should I should be a better journalist and actually <laughs> I mean that's the gist. That's the basic I gist need to sing to you about an ordinary thing. That expression it seems to me to be someone in the midst of a storm of chaos trying mm. to find the calm, the center. I need mm. I need to focus on an ordinary thing. And it is a outlier on the record as well, would you say, in, in a lot of ways? Yeah, I think so. Arrangement-wise, yeah. sonically, and your attack, it, it is this sort of... It's not a come-down, because it's not even at the end of the record. Uh, it's In fact, I think it's right before 2120, which is uh, mm-hmm. arguably the, the most supercharged song on the record. So it's just this little moment of not ordinariness, but just calm. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what inspired that song, and potentially even the sequence, uh, because I found it fascinating to have that as I say, right before what is like arguably a barn burner. Um, what's mm. going on? What inspired that song? Well, the ordinary thing that I'm singing about is actually the desire to have children because also when COVID-19 happened, I was right before it happened, I was supposed to be on tour with U.S. girls, you know, and it was going to be like probably a couple years of just a lot of touring and then COVID happened and all of that stopped. So I had my kind of like soft plan in my head was like, okay, for the next two years, I'm going to be touring a bunch. I'm, you know, sitting on this record, which was number one, and I'll like see what happens with it. But then all of that stopped. I had all of this time. And I was also like, oh, who knows how long this is going to be? It could be at the time I was like, could be a, a couple years. I mean, even though now we know it's like, there's no going back. Yeah, um, it's forever. Yeah. 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 So my initial feeling because my body has definitely been like you want to have a kid, you want to have a kid even though like my mind is not usually there. So my initial feeling when the first lockdown happened was just like let's do it, let's have a baby. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and, makes sense. And yeah, we have not done that partially because I feel really conflicted about it. So it it feels 
it's like I, I feel like it's this thing that everyone so many people do were put on this earth to do our bodies are like built to do it but it feels very hard to do it with like confidence right now especially or, with, or any rationale yeah yeah I, I, it's I, just like yeah yeah I can tell you I'll be frank with you like when my wife and I first I, I remember my wife before we, uh, as we started to get serious, was like, hey, do you want to have children? This was well before we had children. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'm an idiot. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's what people do. Didn't think too much about it, right? And then we did it. As we were, like, planning to do it for real or whatever, I was like, by the way, though, like, the planet is going to die, and there's mm-hmm. too many people. And this mm-hmm. was in the year t- 2000. 10 or something mm-hmm. 2010 <laughs> damn it i did it 2010 and i was like do we really and like everything sucks i'm i'm gonna try to be optimistic but and i think when you have children part of what you're doing is uh expressing your love and optimism for your partner and the world mm-hmm. and that's at least one reason i don't i don't i hope that doesn't sound too selfish i think it's the opposite you feel like we want to uh, cr- uh share our thoughts and spirit about the world by creating a person who will carry that notion on into the world and we will all share our love and blah, blah, blah. It's a little, that's a little romanticized. It's not always like that. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, I did have that conversation. Like, can, why the, the world is ending because of the resource strain. There's too many people. We are going to contribute to that. Do you really want to do this? And of course the answer was yes twice so we have the two of them (laughs) and we are draining everyone's resources the environment's collapsing now as we're speaking there's a pandemic uh people suck i mean i I don't know how else to put it that's where we're at we've learned that people are some are good but a lot of them aren't and you got to deal with that every day sorry that's where i was coming from with my doubts Mm. is any of this part of your doubts about whether or not to have kids yeah definitely climate change is a is a thing i mean i i don't always like subscribe to the idea that like new humans are just like a burden on resources and stuff like sure you know it's like people we need people need to keep being born but yeah i mean i I guess i'm kind of thinking it's like if i give birth to someone and then in like 20 years i'm like sorry like all of these animals have died and also you can't eat like maybe you can't eat it or like or you know we'll have to find somewhere that's not flooded for us to live you know there won't be bananas there's not going to be anything like that's what they're saying now and that's they're saying that now they used to say a hundred years so you're like okay well we'll have the best run we can now they're like 2030s 2040s yeah because of the way things are accelerating so and I think it's just and it's going to be even worse than the predictions they have now. You know, it's a, yeah. that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Although I'm a person who, like you, has anxiety, assumes the worst. So and then on top of that, I also some of the feelings I was having that make me not want to do it is just like I feel like it's like I'm just beginning to know myself, feel more confident in myself Maybe I should just be like enjoying being myself. <laughs> we have to enjoy being for a bit. What, what is happening now, though, which I find weird, and I don't know if you can relate to this. It feels like our mild pessimism is being rewarded by mm. the news cycle, by what's actually happening. So you you walk around. Mm. I don't know about you. I don't think of you this way, Carlin, but I don't know you super well. But like, there are parts of me that are a little misanthropic. A little. I'm not mm-hmm. antisocial. I like talking to people, but I'm also like. 
I just like to do my own thing sometimes and like, like not have to deal with everyone. But uh, and and like I say, I I I don't know. We're at a weird spot now because people are re-entering society. There seem to be more violence, more arguing, more fights, more brazen. Like I'm going to get in someone's face about whether or not they're wearing a mask. Uh, decorum mm. is really sliding. And I'll say that from my vantage point, I've always suspected this was possible. So my mild <laughs> pessimism is coming to life. And I don't feel good mm-hmm. about it, but at the same time, I have that little bit of like, I told you this was going to happen, and I don't like that about. My- I hate that about myself. Do you have any of that? Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. I don't know. Yes and okay. no. I mean, I I like to assume the worst or figure out like I like to ruminate on the worst case scenarios you, in a lot you, of you uh, like to or you just do no i mean well i mean i yeah i don't like to but i seem to not be able to stop so maybe i do like it i don't know i mean there, there is a part of yourself that does always like the terrible things that you do um, or, or you know what, what, I what mean? i'm like, saying is the ter- you get used the to terrible it. thoughts i have or, or or predictions i have okay as we're speaking uh you just said Toronto is in a wave, but is that official? Because as we're speaking, yesterday Quebec announced they're definitely in their sixth wave and the the stuff is all happening across the country. What I'm saying is we're in a zone now where the people who say that's going to happen are gloating. Like when, when, the, mm-hmm. when the numbers start to dip and, and all the uh, protocols are taken away, I am probably part of a subset, I'm not too public about it, that says to my wife, and whoever will listen, okay, but it's just going to go back up again because we've lifted all the protocols. We've been through this movie five times. Like, why would you think anything different? And then you'll always get Mm -hmm. someone who optimistically, I think, but maybe also because they own real estate or have a vested interest in, you know, economic drivers saying, oh, no, no, I think this is, it's going to be fine. Of course, we can't wear masks forever. Like they say all that stuff, which is counter to what the scientists say. So I guess what is what I'm saying is I like to be right, but I'm not proud of it right now. Like I, I like I like the mm. notion of like, well, the scientists seem to know what they're doing. I'm going to align with the experts, not just your feelings about what's going to. So and I'm not happy about I hate myself right now. I don't want to be this person, but and I don't want to talk about it. And I know we're talking about it. Aren't you kind of just <laughs> are you sick of talking about it? Because it just seems like it's predictable at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it feels like it, it's like, what do you say? Like, it just I I do. I, I have been trying to talk about it because I feel mostly just because I feel confused as to what to do in general. Like I. Again, like kind of going trying to weigh all the things like I don't feel like I am necessarily at risk of getting sick again right at this very moment, but is what we're doing just living our lives until we get sick again? Because I don't want to get sick again. That's, a, like, ex- that's an excellent <laughs> way of putting it. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're in a wave and everything's open. It, it we know that that's dumb <laughs> and it's going to continue. <laughs> that's it. Co- you're talking I, about the I, cognitive dissonance, yeah. which I that's what's making me angry. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't. Is there anger on this record? Like I know there's. Self and uh, self examination. I know you're there's longing for the old, not let me be careful. There's longing for the old ways of human connection, not necessarily old ways of doing things. Is that a good way of mm-hmm. capturing it? Yeah, I would say maybe even more it's like grief or something. Yeah, like, it's mourning. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. within mourning, there's always bitterness. Ang- is there mm-hmm. anger? Do you feel like there's a lot of anger on this record? Um, no. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say a lot. I think the last ice cream record was... Uh, Fed up? And Yeah, was in... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the title <laughs> would lead you to believe that it's a pretty angry record. And I think kind of like anger is an important spot to get to before you get to like a deeper understanding of things or something like. Yeah. And I know that in, in processing oneself uh, in any kind of psychological sense, you do on, you uncover things about Mm -hmm. why you are the way you are. This record by what you're saying and what I'm hearing uh, it does feel like one of those uh, exercises that is meant to uh, hopefully is going to lead to some sort of therapeutic release or understanding of yourself. Do you feel like you have that now that it's done? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily the record that did it. I mean, it was partially the record that did it, but it was also like a lot of other things that have happened over the past two years and therapy and talking to friends and stuff but yeah was it was it <laughs> I, was it the pandemic pause that allowed you to take the time to do uh, pursue the the therapy and the thinking about what's going on yeah i mean again i was already like in therapy but i think the pause you know i did i did more like leaps and bounds in therapy that I wouldn't have if I had just a bunch of stuff going on. And I think I also like even before the pandemic was kind of like, oh, I'll just maybe take a break from therapy for a while just because I'll be traveling so much or something. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm trying to, I hear this a lot. Uh, some people like myself have tried to maintain uh, some sort of busyness during this time. Uh, mm-hmm. Others have taken the time to just chill. And so mm-hmm. it feels like you're in between. You seem like you've been, have you been beyond this? Have you been working with other people on their music or other projects? It's been mostly this. There's been a little bit of Darlene stuff we've been doing, actually. And then some like one-off sort of gigs that like aren't really like record related or anything, but sort of music related. Um, Hmm. (laughs) That's really vague. Like Um, your session work ostensibly or? Yeah. Or I was, you know, did some music for like this online thing um like a it's like a clothing store online that they needed oh you like for so like just like stuff like that a little bit but so i i felt i've i've been busy with music stuff but i also haven't felt like i've been like overwhelmingly busy it's been pretty chill okay you know well uh, yeah but it sounds like you had to do some work on yourself and you were able to do it because you weren't you know uh, on a u.s girls tour or something yeah, yeah. So that's good. It's good. That, what I'm getting at is I know this all sucks and it's harrowing, but I feel like some of us have found the good in it. You seem like one of those people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... I will once in a while remember, like, the things I was going to do if, like, COVID didn't happen. and But not even that often. I mean, even when it actually did happen, it, it, I didn't... Even though I was sad that that tour never happened it was like force majeure. Like it was like, what, what's even the point in feeling sad about it when there's literally nothing anyone can do. And it, and you know, if we like, you know, it's like people are dying. So it's like, it's kind of like there's bigger fish to fry. So yeah, I, I mean, I've been very thankful for a lot of the things that have come out of the pandemic for me personally and even like creatively and stuff. But yeah. 
yeah, I guess the thing the the thing that has just been hardest has just been kind of anxiety and trying to what feels hard is trying to figure out what is just pure anxiety that's looking for something like looking for a thing to focus on and what is actually something you should be concerned about, which is very hard to do in in this time, especially as things are opening up and yeah. like they, with no like logic behind it, you know? Well, the what's uh, so there's the anxiety part, and I think what's fueling some stress now is what uh, the children call FOMO, uh, <laughs> because everyone, as you you have peers, and uh, my Instagram, my my socials are filled with people attending shows, mm-hmm. going to gatherings, going to Lee's Palace. Like for me, moving from Ontario to Alberta, I knew I was I had psychologically been like, yeah, I'm gonna miss a bunch of stuff, and I'm. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll get to go every once in a while to Ontario to, I don't know, whenever I can. I'll just try to go. And then when everything got wiped out, I was actually like, I guess there's nothing to miss. No FOMO. There's nothing. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. no, everyone can't, no one can do anything. But now mm-hmm. I'm sure you're like me seeing people doing stuff. And my wife sees it too. Well, if everyone's at this basketball game on TV and other people's families are gathering with their families, other families, we should be able to, too. And I'm still of the mind, well, like, I don't think everything we're seeing is actually the way to go. So mm-hmm. I, I come across like a jerk uh, <laughs> that doesn't want to do anything. And I'm like, but I, I'm i trying to be, again, I hate being right about this. But I think my general outlook is generally rewarded every five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. So are you getting, do, I mean, do you have the FOMO? Um. I have the FOMO, but I've also been doing stuff. I mean, again, I like after I had it, it's kind of like, well, you know, the odds, like I can't get it for like another three months, they say. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. I guess I, I don't know for sure that I even had Omicron, but I mean, I'm I'm like 95% sure we had Omicron, but. Um, yeah, I don't, well, I'm not a doctor, but yeah, I know musicians who've had it a couple of times at, uh. Yeah. I know a musician friend who went down to New Orleans to make a record and got it twice during like the session time. <laughs> and wow. So, uh, and but this was pre booster, double vaxxed at the time. Uh, and still, so yeah, it's, I don't know. I think by most accounts, avoiding it, wearing the mask at least, doing, I don't know. Well, what? It, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still pretty, like, when I do go out, I still keep a mask on. Yeah. You know, so. I feel like I'm trying to have some balance, mm-hmm. you know, trying to weigh the risks and be somewhat smart about it. But also it's like I want to keep performing when I can and I want Mark to keep performing when he can. So it's like we, yeah. we just we just have to weigh that too. It's just kind of the, Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's yes. All right, I think we 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 solved this. <laughs> Good. I'll we, call we, the science figured, table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll let them know. Call the scientist call the scientists and tell them we figured out what to do. It's which is uh do what you feel. Uh <laughs> do what you feel makes sense and we'll all be fine. Uh so are there current plans to play shows as Jane Inc uh, behind the release of this record? Um I'm trying to plan some shows for May after the record is released at the end of April. And yeah, that's kind of a situation where I'm going into it with optimism and then we'll see we'll see what makes sense when we get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So but they're still in the planning stage. I should be hopefully announcing them pretty soon. Um, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. 
And mm-hmm. if people want to, uh, there's a couple of things I want to ask, uh, which is sort of other future plans, which can include, have you been writing uh, and recording? And before I get to that, because you talked about the tour dates and people knowing stuff, uh, maybe where can people go to learn more about Jane Inc.? Why don't we start that way uh, so that people can, you know, be a, a keep on top of your comings and goings? Yeah. Well, you can follow me on social media. I think both my Twitter and my Instagram are at Jane Inc. Music. Very easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can check out the Telephone Explosion record socials or their website or my band camp where you can pre-order the record. You know, if you Google if you Google Jane Inc., it's, I think it's mostly me that comes up. I think there is a cosmetic company that maybe has the same name, but uh, <laughs> mostly uh-oh. me. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like it could be like a tattoo place. <laughs> yeah true well that would be, yeah with a k it, it with a could, k yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm just saying people might think it's a you're they're like hey can you draw this on me and you'll be like that's not what i do at all sorry uh yeah uh, by the way so i'll hyperlink things in the podcast description so if you're listening out there just click on the links and you'll go to everything that carlin was just describing uh i'll take care of that so the other question i guess uh, you mentioned potential tour dates are you, have you been writing and recording at all since you uh, finished this uh, latest record? I have. I kind of always am. Um, and there were also a bunch of songs that I wrote that didn't make it onto that record. So I, if it makes sense, they might be on the next record. We'll see a cover of an ABBA song maybe too that I might... I mean, if that... most I, I would put it on... A record if that is possible i don't even know if like we can get the you have to contact to the publisher i'm sure you could figure it out they'll yeah. be happy to do that they yeah. get the money so yeah okay all right but yeah i have been writing and recording we'll see it's it feels in this moment like a an, another record still feels pretty far off at this point but well no based on this record it seems to me that jane inc could go anywhere uh again i'm comparing it mostly to number one like do you feel that way i know you were like ink jane ink it's like a nod to electronic music and obviously this record has those flourishes but like i've said there's a few instances where i mean the final song which is called pummeled into sand i believe mm-hmm. i don't mean to pigeonhole you but like 90s alt rock kind of like mm-hmm. I, if that came on the fm radios dial you'd be like oh yeah this reminds me of whatever those mm-hmm. those kinds of bands so like i think sonically aesthetically this to me indicates you could go anywhere. Do you feel that? Yeah, and I think that actually might be why the next record feels a bit far off at this point because I need to I mean with with faster than I can take the thread was like an emotional thread. All of the songs felt like they were coming from the same place, which and they were all coming from the same time, which was you know, early pandemic and dealing with everything that meant and dealing with the big emotions I had that were like created by that situation yeah so i either need to zero in on the next emotional thread or i need to zero in on like a stylistic thread but as with faster everything i've recorded so far and all the sort of like songs i have that didn't make it onto that record are also all kind of stylistically different so we'll see (laughs) i don't know maybe my style will be stylistically wild (laughs) I think all I'm saying is I think it could be. And it, it, mm-hmm. what I'll also say is I think it hangs together really well. I mean, that's what I was getting mm-hmm. at when by just asking you. I don't know if I ever doubled down on asking you about the sequencing. It's not that interesting. But when you mm-hmm. have varied uh, tempos and tones, 
that can be tricky to sequence, but you've done a really, I think it's a really fantastic, it hangs together well as a record is all I'm saying. Thanks. Well, I have to also shout out to Max Turnbull because he, I asked him to do the sequencing for me because it was also, I, I kind of had this desire to do, to sequence the songs in like the order in which I wrote them but that never really like sounded right or sometimes I would do that and then the songs would be like split up to like all the guitar songs and all the sort of dancier songs and so I was like I have to just outsource this because I can't figure out this riddle so Max did it and he did an amazing job yeah no absolutely do you have any kind of um, philosophical perspective on the title in terms of what that means to you faster than I can take I'm just curious well it was taken from the lyrics from the title track faster than I can take. And that was one of the first songs I wrote in that whole set of songs. And it was written at the very beginning of the first lockdown where I was both so thankful for the time that I was gifted and then also filled with anxious energy and nervous energy and really trying to figure out what was going to happen. And also kind of knowing that, I mean, it was springtime as well. So kind of knowing that growth and change was imminent and feeling really inspired and excited by that. So I think the record itself is in a way about the pain of growth and change and the grief and the excitement associated with that. Mm. And so I think within the lens of the pandemic, that growth and change was just literally happening faster than I could take. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, ironically, or maybe it's not ironic, but in my memory, that song, uh, unlike some of the others, is is more of an evenly uh, mid, mid-tempo, mm-hmm. I guess, compared to some of the others. It's not fast is what I'm saying like an idiot. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it, it's like a walkable tempo. It's like yeah. just a, it's a way of, I, I get that the, the, the title track is meant to evoke, like the, the name is meant to evoke something, but then the it, it uh, the pace of the song and the tone of the song, I think almost flies in the face of it purposefully. Like I'm going to, I'm going to handle, I know I can't take it, but I'm going to manage this by making something that isn't like supercharged and, and turbo fast is where I'm coming from. Mm, mm, yeah. And I mean, yeah, that that really is what the song is about. It's trying to predict the future and feeling sort of terrified by it, but also like, I mean, it was inspired on uh, by going on a lot of just long kind of aimless walks at the beginning of the pandemic and seeing flowers start to bloom. And yeah. so like that kind of that calm, that like being in the moment mixed with anxiety <laughs> and Fear of time running out, fear of time going too fast, fear of the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want to say a few things. One, it's it's a beautiful record, and I appreciate your your boldness and your ability and willingness, I guess, your candor in taking all of this stuff on for yourself and I think speaking to what, what's going on around us. That's great. I mean, thank you. Uh, I love the record. Um, and secondly, I want to say, on the one hand, I feel badly that we were so news oriented today (laughs) uh, if you will but on the other side and i appreciate you occasionally saying like no that is kind of on this record Mm -hmm. it seems to me that this record is a particularly a product of one person's experience during this pandemic during this 
strange period in history. So I hope you're okay with what we did today. <laughs> yeah, I totally am. And I really <laughs> I appreciate all those nice things you said. And no, honestly, I mean, I, I like I think the, the re- part of the anxiety that is in the record really has to do with living in a world that's like post-truth and like yeah. just yeah, 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 completely impossible to navigate in the way that feels like like you're doing it with integrity. It just feels like no matter what you're a part of the problem you know what i mean that's true that's true we used to be able to uh not de-platform the people who said bizarre things but at least be like yeah yeah yeah. that person's a fringe it just seems like those fringe people are all we hear about yeah and and they dominate and give us all anxiety like yeah for me, like sending my kids into the world, I'm like, who are they going to encounter? What are they going to hear? Mm-hmm. That's my wife's biggest thing because they, they are all over the YouTube and the internet now, even as young people. But that's just the way it is. Like you can't be like, in my day, we only watch television. Well, that's a <laughs> gong show too. So you're like, yeah, let them figure it out and ask us questions and we'll ask them questions. But then they go out into the world and you want them to be good people. And so in a sea of mostly good people, but... Or in a sea of what we thought was mostly good people. I think that's it. We're starting mm. to realize there's more of this thought and action that we thought was a fringe thing. And that's why it's anxiety inducing. I wanted to wrap this up on a positive note. <laughs> but I feel like I've got us mired in the, yeah. in the yeah, sorry, despair I mean, again. You know, I mean, for me, despite it all, I do think people are mostly good. I think people are just yeah. confused and social media is, you know, completely fucked us all the internet has not been what we thought it could be yes i I agree yeah Mm -hmm. well again i want to end on a positive note and i don't think that's going to happen with me talking i think (laughs) we should uh if if it's okay with you i'd like to go out on a song uh from this record for people to hear and if if you're okay with that do you mind choosing that song for us and explaining why why it came to mind oh gee don't make me choose like your children. They these songs are like your children. And I get exactly. that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um which one do I want to choose? I mean, I kind of want to choose faster than I can take because we were just talking about it. And I sure. feel like you know, that's one that people haven't talked to me much about and I like it. So I want people to hear it. Okay. Let's do yeah. it. Let's go on. This is the title track from the excellent new record by Jane Inc. It's called uh, Faster Than I Can Take. And uh, Carlin, uh, like I say, I hope you enjoyed this. I did. Uh, I, I appreciate did very much. Good, good. I appreciate you and I appreciate uh, uh, this time. And I, I wish you the best of luck in the future. And I hope we talk soon. Yeah, you too, Vish. Thanks so much.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Very special thanks again to Carlin Bezik of Jane Inc. for appearing, you know, returning back. And she's back on the show. Remember when the we talked about it already, the ice cream episode? I enjoyed that ice cream episode. It was nice to have Carlin back, uh, this time to appear on the 681st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about, you're looking for it, you don't know where it is, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at vishkana. Also, visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. $6 American or more grants you access to exclusive content, uh, some of which is derived from episodes like this one. I went into a little bit of overtime with Carlin, just asking about a current obsession of hers. And so if you subscribe to the Patreon, if you like this uh, conversation, there's just a little bit more with Carlin there at the Patreon there. But there's also lots of other stuff, too. Sometimes I grab stuff from my old uh, archives there, my audio archives, the interviews I've done previous to this podcast. Anyway, if you're interested in any of that and supporting the show in a a significant financial way, Patreon's the best bet because there's no other real... It's a little marginal ad income, I guess, but not much. So the, the, the real income... For making the show itself is from uh, from the Patreon. So if you like the show and want to support it, patreon.com slash creative control to make your flexible monthly donation. And if you would like a t-shirt in exchange for your generosity, message me on Patreon and I will get you one while supplies last. I have to say, they're moving out the door all of a sudden. I'm, I'm going to the post office more and more these days. I don't know what's gotten into you. I guess it's t-shirt weather. As we're speaking, the t-shirt weather is coming and now people want t-shirts. So Feel free to message me there. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and order things from their website, blackbird.ca. They're based in uh, Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta. Also, thanks to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on this program. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Carlin. I hope you enjoyed it and will consider following or subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends all about it and also Jane Inc. and picking up this record that Carlin has made. It's really wonderful. And for spreading the word about good stuff. Thank you so much for doing all those things. I will talk to you very soon. 
Be well, be safe. Bye for now.